Praise the Lord and welcome to St. Paul Baptist Church, where we are convincing the unconvinced to be convinced and make disciples as we connect, lift, and inspire you. I'm Reverend Kelly Baptist, and we are so excited to have you connect with us in our Power Pack TNT study experience. You can engage with our DG ministers via the chat space in each of our online worship platforms. Let's study and grow together as Dr. Robert Scott, our pastor, takes us deeper into the Word. And be sure to stay tuned after study for more information on what's happening with St. Paul. Hello there. This is Pastor Robert C. Scott of the St. Paul Baptist Church. Certainly delighted and elated you all have joined us on this Thursday for Bible study. And we thank God for each and every one of you who will be tuning in um, and hopefully and prayerfully you will be blessed. Today's lesson is going to be the last lesson on the letter to the church at Ephesus that was written by the Apostle Paul. Last week, if you joined us in study, we were talking about putting on the whole armor of God. And we went through from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 17. Today, we want to pick up at verse 18 as far as our time of study is concerned. So before we do that, I want you to, if you would, join me in a word of prayer that our hearts and minds will be open to get a sense for what the Lord wants us to learn from this and then apply it to our everyday lives so that we can be disciples for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you for the all-sufficiency grace of your word. We pray right now, God, that your Holy Spirit will be our teacher. I pray, oh God, that you will use me as your servant to share the unsearchable riches of your truth. God, for those that are watching us as far as live stream is concerned, we pray that you will give them the insight that they need so that they will get the rhema word you desire for them at this time. Show yourself mighty and show yourself strong. Jesus, come and be our master teacher through the presence and the power of your Holy Spirit. It is in the name of Jesus the Christ we pray, and in his name we claim it done. Amen. 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 All right. So if you would open up either your physical Bible or your uh, digital Bible to Ephesians chapter six, we want to start at verse 18. And as we start at verse 18, I'm going to ask if you would to highlight certain words, underline certain phrases uh, as we do what I would call preliminary markup and exegetical work. And then we're going to get to the word of God as far as this time is concerned. So starting at verse 18, starting at verse 18, um, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version of the word of God, and it reads like this, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth 
boldly and make known the mystery of the gospel. For I am an ambassador in chains that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. But that you also may know my affairs and how I'm doing. Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will make all things known to you, whom I have sent to you for this very purpose, that you may know our affairs, and that he may comfort your heart. Peace to the brethren, and love with love and faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. So let's go back to verse 18. Let's highlight some words as far as this particular text is concerned. In verse 18, praying always with all prayer. Circle the word praying. Circle the word prayer. Draw a line from praying to prayer. Praying with all prayer and supplication. Highlight prayer and supplication. Circle the word supplication. Supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance. Highlight perseverance. And supplication, highlight supplication for all the saints. I want you to highlight that phrase, all the saints. Circle the word supplication. Draw a line from supplication at the, at the end of that verse to supplication at the beginning of verse 18. You see that word repeated. It's a re- in there for a reason. Okay? The concept of supplication basically means, when you see prayer and supplication, that basically means request or your needs. Okay? Verse 19, for me, that utterance may be given that I may open my mouth boldly. Highlight that phrase, open my mouth boldly. To make known the mystery of the gospel. I want you to underline the mystery of the gospel. Verse 20, for I am an ambassador in chains. Highlight the phrase, ambassador in chains. That I may speak boldly. I want you to highlight the phrase, I may speak boldly. And then I want you to circle the word boldly, draw a line to the other word boldly in verse 19. Okay. Now, I want you all to understand when Paul says, I am an ambassador in chains, Paul is in prison at this time. He is in literal chains. And he is waiting to go before Nero to make his case because he is considered to be a Roman citizen. Okay? So he is a person that is in physical chains in a Roman prison. Let's look at verse 21. But that you may know my affairs and how I'm doing, Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister of the Lord. I want you to... Highlight Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord. Verse 22, whom I have sent to you for this very purpose, circle the word purpose, that you may know our affairs, circle the word affairs, and that he may comfort your hearts. Highlight the phrase, comfort your hearts. Verse 23, 
Verse 23, peace to the brethren with love and faith. I want you to highlight the phrase peace to the brethren with love and faith. Then I want you to underline from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 24, grace be to all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ. Unline the phrase, Lord Jesus Christ, in sincerity. Amen. Okay. So, a lot of things that I've asked you to underline, it may seem somewhat strange at this time, but I really want to drill down on some things as we prepare to unpack this particular passage of Scripture. So, going back to verse 18, one of the things that Paul is really pushing right now is prayer. It's prayer. Now, he has just told us, put on the whole armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation, uh, the sword of the Spirit, and we should have the sandals of the gospel of peace. We got all these different uh, coverings and weapons um, but then we're also given the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's our only offensive weapon. And then on top of that, he gives us or tells us to pray, to pray. Now, what I want to, to, to press upon is that we got to understand that the enemy is always trying to attack us on a variety of occasions. And what we as disciples of Jesus Christ are called to do is pray. Pray continually in the power and in the realm of the Spirit with whatever concerns, with whatever needs we bring to the Lord. So when he says with prayer and supplication, that word supplication literally means make your request be known. So whatever requests you have, whatever needs you have, bring that to the Lord in prayer. Okay? So there ought to be a thoroughness, there ought to be an intensity as far as our prayer life is concerned. Because just as a soldier who is fighting on the battlefield, a soldier has to always be alert. What prayer does is it makes us alert. Okay? Now, notice who he said, uh, praying always in all prayer and supplication in the spirit and being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. All the saints. Okay? I, I want to drill this home. All the saints. This request is for the saints because of the devil's spiritual warfare against Jesus Christ and the church. Now notice that in verse 18, you see the word all four times. Okay? All right? All the saints. All right? Now, in the NIV, you may see it three times, or in the New King James Version, you may see it three times, but in the original King James Version, it is four times because he says with all prayer and all supplication in the King James. All right. 
Let's, 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 let's drill down just on verse 18 because Paul is really addressing this need to engage in serious prayer. You cannot be a reliable, faithful servant and soldier unless you pray. And I'm not talking about saying grace over a meal. Or I'm not talking about just repeating the Lord's Prayer. I'm talking about having sincere and serious conversation with God. And, and, and maybe one of the takeaways I want to give you as far as this time is concerned is that if you really want to be a strong follower of the Lord, you need to spend time with God, not once a week, but every day. So you may need to set aside 10 to 15 minutes every day, turn off the television, get off social media, put down your phone, hide your phone unless you're using it for the Bible. And if you're using it for the Bible, put it in airplane mode so you won't get any pop-ups and read scripture, pray, and just be quiet. 15 minutes. 15 minutes. I, I, I want to challenge you. Not five, not ten. I want to challenge you to do a quick 15 every day. <laughs> like we do as far as our prayer time is concerned uh, corporately on Wednesday night. All right? Because we got to understand that our weapon, what we're fighting against, it is not carnal. We're, we're not using worldly weapons. We're using weapons of the spirit. So we got to fight this spiritual warfare as prayer warriors. All right? It's, it's like Paul said, okay, you got the armor. You got the helmet of salvation. You got the breastplate of righteousness. You got the sword of the spirit. You got the belt of truth. Your feet is shod with the gospel of peace. But then he said, but you also need to pray. You also, check this out, need to pray. You got the shield of faith, but you also need to pray. Okay? All right. When we think about prayer, prayer really requires four things. When you're praying to God, first of all, and I've taught this in our new disciples class, but I want to reiterate it one more time. First of all, use what I call the ACTS acronym, A-C-T-S. What is ACTS? A-C-T-S. Adoration. When you pray, adore God. Lavish praise on God. Now, I want to let you know, God doesn't need your praise in order to be God, but your praise on God reminds you of how wonderful and how awesome and how magnificent God really is. Acts, adoration. Then you need to do confession. Confession. That's the C, confession. Confession is confessing your sins, confessing your shortcomings, um, um, sharing with God your concern as far as your fears are concerned. Confession. All right? So A-C-T, thanksgiving. Giving God thanks for what God has done. All right? How God allowed for you to see a new day. How God makes provision for you. How God allowed for you to avoid certain things. Thanksgiving. Telling God thank you. 
And then the last one is S, which is where we get the word supplication. Supplication is making your request a specific petition known before the Lord. Okay? So acts, A-C-T-S, supplica- uh, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. And then supplication, that's when you bring before the Lord your wants, your desires, your concerns. That's where you pray for not only yourself, but you pray for others. You intercede on behalf of others. Supplication. Okay? All right? This is not a general, broad request. This is a specific personal need. And and I want to submit to you that when we pray to God, we need to be specific. We need to be specific. And we need to trust that God will answer our request according to God's will. Now, I do want to say that there are times when the Lord will answer your prayer not the way you want it to be answered. You may be looking for one thing, and God is saying, no, not right now. But trust me, God always knows how to answer our prayers. All right, let me say that again. God always, always knows how to answer our prayers. So as we engage in prayer, we got to understand that the Holy Spirit is participating in our prayers. You can't have real prayer and the Spirit not participate. All right? Now, so what we got to understand is that as we pray, we are praying in the Spirit. Now, well, I want to let you all know what praying in the Spirit is and what it's not. Praying in the Spirit has nothing to do with shouting. It has nothing to do with you falling out or foaming at the mouth or speaking in tongues. But praying in the Spirit is allowing for the Spirit to bring to your mind passages of the Bible to include in our prayers. That's why you read the Scripture. So as you're praying in the Spirit, you're literally praying Scripture. Let me say that again. You are praying Scripture. This is why I don't want you to divorce in your devotional moment reading the Scripture from prayer. Let me say that again. I don't want you to divorce or separate reading the Scripture from prayer. As you read Scripture, you should engage in prayer. And as you pray, the Holy Spirit will bring Scriptures to your remembrance. Now, watch how the Holy Spirit works. I'm getting ready to bless you. Because Jesus told his disciples, I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit will bring things back to your remembrance that I've taught you. So what the Holy Spirit will do is bring Scripture to your mind if you put Scripture in. Now, while God can give you stuff at the spur of the moment and you never read it, while God can bring Scripture to you that you have never read before, that's not how he operates. He can do that, but that's not how he's going to do it. So basically, God is saying, if you're going to be praying scripture, you got to what? Read it. You got to get some word in you. You got to understand what this looks like. You, you, you have to be willing to open up your Bible, sit down, 
read Scripture, pray, and then allow for that Scripture to come back to your memory. All right? I hope that I'm, I'm helping somebody as far as this idea of praying Scripture. All right? Now, notice here what Paul says as I continue to drill down on verse 18, that we should not be selfish in our prayers. We should not be only um, centered on us when it comes to prayer. We should be praying for the saints that they will hang in there. That's what the word perseverance means. Watch this. Paul says, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So this is us interceding. This is us interceding. For one another, for those of us who know Jesus Christ and the pardons of our sins. That's who a saint is. Okay? A dear friend of mine who I served as pastor with in the city of St. Louis, Reverend Dr. Ronald Bobo, blessed me several weeks ago. He called me out the blue, and he said to me, the Lord laid you on my heart. What can I go to the Lord in prayer with for you? How can I pray for you? That just messed me up. And I do that when I talk to various disciples, when I'm counseling various disciples. Before I close out, I ask them, um, we have a word of prayer. And now that has really become part of my intentional focus that whenever I'm talking to anybody, that before I leave them, after giving spiritual direction, after listening to their heart, I ask them, how can I pray for you? Imagine what that would be like if we were having a conversation with someone who's going through a hard time. And you ask them after you've heard their heart, how can I pray for you? That's part of being a disciple. That's, that's, that's another takeaway. Using that phrase, how can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? We need to pray for each other. We need to pray for our sisters and brothers in the faith. Because I really believe that one of our strongest weapons when it comes to spiritual warfare is prayer. Prayer is that covering. Prayer is that covering. Okay? And through prayer, and making your request known before the Lord, eventually God would give you a praise. <laughs> okay? That's a Robert Scottism. That ain't in the text. But I want you to know that when you see your prayer being moved and something shifting as far as your prayer is concerned, you're going to have a praise. You're going to have a praise. Yeah, yeah, you're going you're gonna to have a praise. All right. Let's, let's, let's move on to verse 19 as I continue to 
to dissect this. Um, when we look at, at verse 19, Paul says, not only pray for all the saints, pray for me too. Now, even though he is part of the saints, he is now even drilling down to being more specific about him being prayed for. Him being prayed for. And, and he is praying, asking the people to pray for him that he will have a word given, that he will open his mouth without fear to make the gospel known better. Okay? Now, let's, let's look at what Paul is, is dealing with at this particular time because Paul is getting ready to go on trial before Caesar in Rome. The Romans, they looked at the Christian religion or the Christian or Christians as a spinoff from the Jews. The Jews thought the Christians were really a heretical group because they believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So in, in Paul's trial, he wants to make clear that the Christians are neither a Jewish spinoff nor a heretical group but a new entity known as the church, composed of both Jews and Gentiles. Okay? So basically what Paul is asking for is strength. 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 One of the things that I have discovered whenever I ask someone, how can I pray for you? One of the first things they mention is, just pray for strength. Strength. Paul wanted the church at Ephesus to pray for him to have the strength and the courage to preach the word of God. Okay? Now what we got to understand, again, Paul is in chains. He is in chains. Charged with treason. And he wants the people to pray for him to have this holy courage to keep telling the truth in spite of the obstacles he would face. Now, if you would notice, Paul did not ask to be delivered from prison. Paul did not ask, God, get me out of jail. Notice Paul said, no, give me the courage that I can let the mysteries of the gospel be made known. Okay? Because notice Paul says, for I am an ambassador in chains. And when he talk about I'm an ambassador in chains, he is not talking about spiritual chains or figurative chains. He is in bondage literally. He is in jail, chained in jail. That's persecution. That's persecution. Let, 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 me, let me just do it on the side. That is persecution. Unfortunately, what we see taking place as far as today's society is concerned, and when I hear certain church people talk about how we're being persecuted because we have to socially distance and we can't gather as a church, 
that we're going through persecution, but people who are able to protest, they could protest in the streets, but we can't come together as a church, and that's persecution. That's not persecution. Let me say that again. That's not persecution. Let me say that one more time. That's not persecution. And that's not persecution by virtue of the fact that the federal government is not telling us that we cannot worship God. The federal government is not telling us what we can believe. The federal government is not controlling our beliefs. Okay? They're not telling us who we can worship. That's not persecution. We're just not able to come together like we want to or we've been accustomed to, but they're not telling us what to believe. When they start telling us who we have to worship, and they start beating us because we worship Jesus Christ, that's persecution. That's persecution. But right now, we're not being persecuted. We're being inconvenienced, <laughs> but we're not being persecuted. So we need to help people to stop that. We're not being persecuted as Christians in America. All right? Okay. That's just my little aside. All right. Let's look at, as we move forward, verse 21. Paul says, I want you all to know that I am doing okay. And he is sending them word through a brother in the faith by the name of Tychicus. Okay? He says that you may know my affairs and how I do, Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things. All right? So apparently Tychicus is bringing this letter to the church at Ephesus. And he was to inform the Ephesians of Paul's well-doing, how he was doing and what he was doing, watch this, in order to encourage them. That's what we see in verses uh, 21 and 22. All right. Paul, notice what he does. He describes Tychicus as a beloved brother and a faithful minister in the Lord. A beloved brother and a faithful minister or servant in the Lord. So he's saying, this is my brother in faith, and this is also a co-laborer as far as the work of ministry is concerned. And Paul is entrusting Tychicus with this letter to bring to the church at Ephesus. And who in the world would have ever thought that this letter would become what we now call Scripture? Had not Tychicus done what was asked of him, we would never know about this letter. We would never know about this letter. So Tychicus is trusted to bring a word from the Lord. Let's continue to drill down and let's look at verses 23 and 24. Because we now see 
Paul is closing out this incredible, insightful letter that he has written to the church at Ephesus. And he lifts three spiritual qualities that are usually mentioned in his writings. Peace, love, and faith. Okay? Peace, love, and faith. All right? All of those are mentioned in verse 23. Now, the phrase, peace to the brothers, or peace to the brethren, is found nowhere else in the New Testament except here. All right? Paul invokes peace upon them because when you're on the battlefield, it is great to have peace among the rank and file. If there's confusion on the battlefield with the soldiers, you're not going to be able to fight properly. All right. He also wants to remind them that not only do I want you to have peace, but I also want you to have love that is combined with faith. Now watch this. This is going to bless you. Love is the source. Faith is the force. Let me say that again. Love is the source. Faith is the force. All right? So, Paul wants us to understand that as you are engaging in spiritual warfare, that I want you, as my brothers and sisters, to have peace, to have love, and to have faith. Then Paul opens up, or closes rather, verse 24, as far as this benediction is concerned. Because I want you to understand that when you're operating in peace, love, and faith, that comes from nobody but God. Paul wanted them to continue in their love for all Christians and to combine that love with their faith in God for which others will know them. All right? Now watch this. It says, peace to the brothers and love and faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, this peace, this love, this faith comes from our Father God and the Lord Jesus Christ. It is not something we manufacture. It is something that is given to us. Now watch this. From God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, what is understood here is that it comes through the Holy Spirit. All right? It comes through the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to wrap up because then he concludes with this word called grace. Just as he opens up this letter with the word grace, he closes it with grace. All right? Just as he said in Ephesians 1 and 2, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, he closes with grace.
Grace is God's unmerited favor towards us. Now notice it says, grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ in what? Sincerity. Now I want you to understand that Paul right here, as he closes out this letter, wants us to understand that, that salvation is about sincerity and not sinlessness. It is about sincere practice of the faith, not sinless performance of works. This word sincerity ought to really settle the debate on whether or not you can lose your salvation. Why? Because the word sincerity basically means that you should be sincere in your confession. If you weren't sincere in your confession, then you don't lose your salvation. Why? Because you never had it. You weren't sincere. You didn't mean that. But if you're sincere in your confession of faith in Jesus Christ, you can't lose your salvation. All right? All of us as believers are still under construction. All of us are a work in progress. There are times when I as pastor mess up, I fall short, but I sincerely try to serve our Lord and I repent when I mess up. There are people who claim to be saved and they're not sincere. They come to church, but they have not surrendered sincerely to the Lord. There's a difference between you attending the church and being the church. Let me say it again. There's a difference between attending the church and being the church. Being the church requires sincerity. And sincerity means that you've surrendered to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Okay? Now watch this. Grace be to all those who love our Lord. And, and when Paul used that word love, he's talking about a love that is incorruptible, a love that is immortal and undying love. All right. It's the idea that believers' love for the Lord Jesus is to be sincere. That's the word sincere is connected to the word love. Sincere, uncorrupt, um, not doing things for the wrong reason, not having secret loyalties. In other words, you confess Jesus Christ in public, but you hate Jesus Christ in private, or you don't believe Jesus Christ in private. He is talking about a love that is not corrupted with wrong motives. Now, unfortunately, some of the believers at Ephesus did lose their fervency in the love for Jesus Christ. And, and that's brought up in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 2, when Jesus says, you know, uh, church at Ephesus, I got an issue against you. You have left your first love. You have left your first love. 
So we're being told here that when you love Jesus Christ, it should be as pure as possible. It should be sincere. And then he seals it with an amen. That word amen literally means, so let it happen. Let it be so. It, it, is, it is a ratification. It is an approval of an expression of your faith and trust. Okay? Basically, is the church saying amen and calling it a day. And so with that, I want to say amen and thank you for joining us as far as our study of the letter to the church at Ephesus. And before we close out this moment of study, I want to pray for you. And I want to encourage you to do two things as takeaways. Number one, spend 15 minutes with God every day. Every day. I would recommend that probably the best time to do it is in the morning before you get your day started to kind of set the tone and tune for your day. But if you don't do that anytime during the day, take 15 minutes. I guarantee it, it will blow your mind. 15 minutes. Find a passage of Scripture. Get a, you a little devotional book. Read the devotional book. Read the Scriptures connected to that devotion. And spend time praying, talking to God, and then being silent. 15 minutes. Set your timer if you need to. 15 minutes just to start off. Guarantee it make a difference in your day. 15 minutes. Second thing I want you to do is when you talk to someone and they have an issue, and when you are dealing with someone and they're going through something and you've hurt their heart, I want you to ask them, how can I pray for you? Engage them. When you do those two things, I guarantee that you will continue to be on your way to becoming a better disciple for Jesus Christ. Hear my heart. Apply these words. And I guarantee this will help you to grow in your walk with God. If you want to be a blessing to the St. Paul Church as far as your giving is concerned, um, for those who have lost your job, been furloughed, been laid off because of this pandemic, because of what's going on in the economy. We're not expecting for you to give. However, for those of us that still have some source of income, you want to be a blessing to the St. Paul Church, you can give as far as bringing your tithes, your offerings, even an offering for a Bible study to the church. You can send it to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28205. Or you can go to the website and give through uh, ACS or Givelify. Or you can use the app called Givelify on your smart device and give in that manner. And be a blessing as far as this time of study is concerned. Your giving, your gifts goes to give support to a variety of works and missions and ministries that we partner with locally, statewide, and internationally to be a blessing as far as the kingdom of God is concerned. So I want to encourage you to join us as far as this opportunity to be a blessing 
through giving. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we pray that this word, this time of study to the, about the letter to the church at Ephesus has been a blessing to all who have attended. I pray right now, God, that we will take this word that has been shared, apply it to our lives. I pray, God, that for each and every person that may be watching this broadcast right now will take what I've shared with them as application and just do it. You're not looking for perfection. You're looking for sincerity. Now, God, we have people who have lost loved ones. I lift up the family of Sister Lavinia Ivy, and I pray that you will give that family the comfort that they so desperately need during this time of loss as we will celebrate her life on, on Saturday. I pray right now, God, that you will continue to lift up the work we're doing here at the St. Paul Church. Grace us and gift us, O oh God, with people who have a heart and a passion for our work, that that may be demonstrated through their actions as well as through their generosity. Now, God, as we prepare to leave from this time of study, if you would, continue to keep us in your care. And then, God, on Sunday morning, as we worship you through the medium of live stream, meet us. Because we know that the church is not a building, but it's the community of believers. In your son Jesus' name, we pray and we claim it done. As Paul said, amen. God bless you all. Have a smile upon you all. May the grace of God be yours. Amen. When it's time to praise God, you can't play with it. You gotta let it flow from your heart. And I thank God for the rock today. I thank God for his presence. I thank God for his power. I thank God for his... Don't believe, I don't believe that he brought me this far to leave me. You ought to tell somebody.